everyone. Welcome to the Practica Podcast, a podcast where we encourage the practical application of the pulpit ministry within the local church. And we are your hosts, hosts plural, Josh Loftus and David Lawler. Hello there. David, how are you, sir? I'm doing Hello well. There. General Kenobi. Sorry, that's a nerd <laughs> thing. That's a nerd <laughs> thing. Yeah, uh, I don't. I'm not remember. nerdy enough to understand what you just said. That's okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. I know it's Sometimes Star Wars. I try to, that's I as far try as to I suppress it. Sometimes it comes out. But yeah. <laughs> David, how, how how are you, my friend? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. I'm tired. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a long week. It's been it's been it's been a long couple weeks. You know, but. Uh, yeah. Nothing's nothing's bad. Just really busy and yeah, a few late nights and early mornings and uh, you know that'll you, do it. You, you stack a couple of those. You know, I'm not a spring chicken anymore, as they say. I'm not 18. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not a youngster. Yeah. And uh, now you know, I stack a couple of those late nights, early mornings in a row. I start to feel it a lot quicker than I used to. <laughs> yeah, totally. I totally so, understand. But yeah, it yeah. feels like July has been a lot busier. Like June was yeah. really mellow. Almost mm-hmm. like June June was like just wait, wait. Yeah, and then right. July like the popped. Storm. Yeah. July popped out of nowhere. Yeah. So it's been you know what busy. I'm really looking forward to. I'm really looking forward to the fall. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to like end of September because it's gonna cool down, hopefully slow down. And I don't know. I just feel I don't know if it's like emotionally, like like summer, I think part of it for me, summer is my least favorite season. I hate summer with a passion. Really? I would rather, I, I do, I would rather any other any other season than summer. Okay. And we're right, right in the thick of it right now. And I yeah, just don't are. like it. It's bright. It's hot. I like it. I like it dark and cold. That's what I like. <laughs> right? Yeah. And right now it's it's bright and hot and I don't, I don't like it. Yeah. Well, yeah. and- and uh, I th- I, now I'm remembering that, you know, like a couple Lord's Days ago, you mm. were over at my house, and I remember it was like almost 90 degrees, and you were just miserable. Oh, it was horrible. So, yeah, I get it. Horrible. Yeah. Yeah, not fun. I don't like it. Not, not yeah. fun, but that's okay. Well, well, let me ask you this. In the midst of yeah. the heat and, yes. and all of the busyness and the fatigue, do you have a dad joke for me? I, I do have a dad joke for you. What? Yes. Yeah, I do. I do, actually. Wow, yeah. that's I know. incredible. I know. I love yep. it. Yeah. All right, fire away. All right, I've actually got a couple. Really? Right. I do too. Yep. Okay. All right. I'll just do one. Uh, David, what would the Terminator be called in his retirement? I, I don't know. What? The Exterminator. The Exterminator. Oh, my goodness. Cheesy. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, okay, can't share that one. Sorry, I, I was like reading. I was like reading. I'm going down. Cross that one off the list. Find, yes, 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 yes. PG, that's, that's Josh, keep it PG. Do, I'm trying to keep it PG. I really am. Uh, well, I think we keep it more G on this. PG. I okay. What what PG jokes have we told? I think we're pretty. I think we're pretty clean. Yeah, it's probably it's probably me with like the death jokes and things like that. Yeah. All right. Here's one more. All right. David, did you hear about the kidnapping at school? Don't worry, though. It's fine. He woke up. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay, you ready for mine? Uh, yes, please. Yeah, put okay. me out of my misery. <laughs> All right. So my, I told these jokes to my older son, Micah, and so he found these funny. So at least we know that they are kid-approved. There um, but listen, I, I want to create a product... Um, that's a laxative, but also contains Advil for the pain. And I'm going to call it, 
I be pooping. <laughs> There's the PG. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I told you, I, it's probably from the there, jokes. I'm there telling. it is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right, should I tell you one more? Yeah, give me one this, more. This one I, I really enjoyed a little bit. Okay. All right. Okay, so what did Mike Tyson say after working uh, out with Chris Hemsworth? Um, oh, I really hope this punchline incorporates the lisp. What? <laughs> You're going to be Thor in the morning. <laughs> yeah, there it is. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> You're going to be Thor in the morning. Uh, yeah. Mike Tyson. <laughs> my, my, oh, I love it, My dude. son was like, why the lisp? I don't get it. Yeah. So it's, there you go. Yeah. It's a generational joke. Yeah. Mike Tyson. You know, he's fighting still. I watched his really? fight with Roy, Roy Jones Jr. And it was pretty sad but i would still not get in the ring with him like it yeah, was sad because like you could tell like like he is not what he was right like sure. tyson in his prime was i mean he was the baddest man on earth right uh but still mike tyson now i think he's like 52 53 looking at him punch and train i wouldn't get in the ring with him now either sure i, I would i would die anyway sorry tangent i yeah i, I, was, I, really, I, was I, say. I really enjoy boxing yeah. All right, so listeners, this has now become a boxing review podcast. Hey, this is that's right. Hey, come on, it's like like it's biblical, you know, like train, you know, training boxing? like an athlete, and yeah, it's all part of it's all part of the you know run the right. Like Paul referenced the Olympics and all that. Like it, boxing is one of the oldest sports. Josh, I, I think there was what, boxing in the, the word, time. I think the word you're looking for is eisegesis. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Yeah, I just no. I just like picking I, you, on you. You do like picking on me. Anyway, why don't we get to the text, okay? And then I can pick on you. Okay, that that sounds all right. Good. We we are in First uh, John, chapter four, correct? Verses seven through nine is where you were uh, last Lord's Day. So why don't I read that? Give us a little uh, a little synopsis, and then we'll uh, we'll hop into hop into talking about it. Sounds good. All right, 1 John chapter 4, starting in verse 7 through 9. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. The grass withers, the flower fades, the word of our God endures forever. Amen. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yes. Uh, dude, some uh, it, a a a departure from the speaking of boxing, the gut punches that John has been delivering to us over the past couple weeks, yeah. and uh, we're getting we're getting now the gentle caress before he punches us again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some really encouraging verses this week, man. Yeah, they really are. Um, in fact, um, really, what we found in our in our outline was that constant instruction of why we are to love one another. And so, in looking at verses seven through nine, uh, we really found in our outline that we must love one another because God is love, and we have life in Christ. And so, out of this, you know, the previous week was really where we focused on the reality that we are from God. Um, and so are the apostles. And those who are from God 
listen to the apostolic message. They listen to the gospel. They listen to the writers in the New Testament, which is really often a, a hallmark of false teaching and false teachers. They reject the New Testament. Um, they kind of almost treat it as secondary. Um, so the the Old Testament's divine. It's God's word. The New Testament, though, is just one suggestion of what it means to be a Christian. And so John was really adamant to say, those who are from God listen to us. We are not just writing down our ideas. Um, We're not, in fact, doing that at all. No, we are presenting you with sound doctrine, revelation of Christ from God himself, and the Holy Spirit in you helps you understand that. And so from that, John then goes to that important instruction that if we're listening to the apostolic message, it means more than just understanding doctrine and godliness. It means actually applying those things to our lives. And so out of that, we learned, um, just as he had said back in verse 1, beloved, do not believe every spirit. John then says, beloved, let us love one another. And so he gave us a very important uh, instruction specifically for believers um, that were to love one another just as Jesus has loved us, which Jesus had said back in John 13. And so we really examined the application, some of the ideas of how those who keep God's word and those who abide in Christ are to love, that it's not just an idea or some emotional response or where we, you know, quickly go, oh, I'm going to, you know, bring coffee over to uh, a Christian this week uh, in my in my own local church or something like that. Those things are wonderful to do, but that does not sum up or or dig deep into what it means to love one another. And so I Although really I'm sure Christian, I'm sure Christian would love someone to bring him coffee. Probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. <laughs> I like how you made that specific right for Christian. Well, you made it specific. <laughs> I meant said, like I meant Christ- like Christians bringing oh. a, bringing a Christian. <laughs> I thought you said bring bring Christian coffee in my no, local church. No, I that's what you said. And I was like, I mean, I, I was like, okay, I mean, specific call out. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Sure I mean, he you could. He likes Mocha Breves, so there you go. So if he still listens, Christian, there's your shout out. There Christian. you go. Hey, Christian, I got your back. I'm looking out for you, homie. Okay, I want to make sure you're taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, it is a wonderful thing. Like, for example, I often hear of especially like the moms in our church who will say, um, you know, hey, I'm going to bring this other mom coffee. And you can tell like there's there's two elements to that. One, they want to care for them and be present and say, man, how can I be there with you and process with you or pray for you? And then also, how can I give you caffeine to survive the rest of the day? Um, but in our text, we looked at love deeply. Um, that loving one another means following the example of the gospel. It means an active practice. It means we should be even kind and forgiving and giving of ourselves sacrificially. And even in bringing up Hebrews 10, verse 24 through 25, I mentioned that even being present in the corporate gathering and in the fellowship of believers during the day on the Lord's day is a way in which we seek to love one another. And so that was really important, and John was really adamant in verse 8 to say, listen, love is not from you, just naturally that you conjure up. Love is, in fact, from God because God is love. 
And so he first, in verse 8, really brought out the point that those who do not love show that they do not know God. And so he really gave us a, a warning in that, that you can't separate faith from love. In fact, I noted that Calvin mentions in his commentary that he says it would be as if someone attempted to take away heat from the sun. They're inseparable. And so there was really an important uh, exhortation in that, that if we are not loving, either we are deceived and immature or we are not um, from God because those of the faith do seek to love. And then we simply looked at the reality that God is love. Um, really in this, we were reminded from the doctrine of simplicity that it's not that God um, seeks to love or that God um, at times loves, but that God is love. And I really sought to quote our confession that God is without body parts or passions, uh, really to say that God is not fickle like we are. God's love never changes. It never fails. It never ceases. And so that even means God's love towards his people is unconditional. Um, he gives the best good to those who do not deserve the least good. And so in that, we really examined one of the most important questions throughout the exposition was the question for application of, is God's love found in me and in my practice. And so we really resolved on if it is, then it means we're walking in uh, the way in which Christ walked because we have life in him. And so it's really the idea of Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And so out of that, we see the response of the believer is this response of gratitude, this response of obedience to God and love for one another. And so the primary question that we had asked was, is God's life-giving love found in me and found in my practice? Where it, it, it again, it really shapes my affections and, and my attention and, and, my, and my values and everything. Um, because again, John makes the point that whoever loves truly and according to God's word has been born of God and he knows God. And so in this, this is what uh, our exposition of verse seven through nine really was in summary. Yeah. No, that's awesome, man. Yeah. I think, um, I think you talk about like the largest or most prominent hijacked verses in scripture, right? And I think this is up there. I think you have, you know, thou shalt not judge. You have John 3.16, and then you have God is love, right? I think, I think, and and then, you know, there's obviously others as well, but I think we, this verse specifically, with John using, using God as the definition for love, Right in trying to define love, he has no greater definition to 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 point us to other than God Himself. Right, uh, and right. It's, I think this this is massively. Um, I think it's massively hijacked in our culture today and used as almost as as almost a a 
almost a catchphrase for be able for for people who want to be able to live however they want, but still be able to claim some sort of like religious background or 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 conviction, right? Yeah, and we we hear this a lot that oh, you know, God is love, therefore uh, the only way that we should be um, interacting with our culture is through a lens of love. And although you and I would agree with that statement, because I believe we have a correct definition of what love is, how the culture defines love is equal with acceptance or affirming, right? And I think what we see here is what John is saying is like, no, like God, God is love. And if we are called to love like God loves the way he loved us, it doesn't mean that we can just do whatever we want. Right. There right. are parameters for how we are to live, parameters of how we are to love and what love looks like. Right. Um, because God set those. Right. We don't have the the right or the capability to define those for ourselves, even though we see and live in a culture that is attempting to do just that. So I really like what you said is that, look, you know, the love that we have for God for Christ and his gospel, it has to be first. It has to be primary, right? Because if that's not there, if the love that you have for Christ and his gospel, the word of God, if that is not the first love, then all other attempts to love uh, correctly and in a way that is actually actually resembling of the love that we have from God, it's going to be futile because you're your source is wrong, right? You don't you're, you don't have a well to draw from. You're trying to conjure up this idea of love from yourself without actually understanding what true love is and what it looks like, right? I say the same thing about about forgiveness, right? I I it's my belief that Christians are really the only ones that can truly actually forgive in the actual definition and true. Uh, meaning of the word, because I don't believe you can give what you haven't been given, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't believe someone that has not been forgiven and experienced the forgiveness of God truly understands what that means. Yeah, and I think it's the same with love, right? And I think there is an there is an element to where I think the emotion of love you can make the argument is a common grace and i think that you know us us having that emotion i think is being part of being made in the image of god but the truest definition of it the truest experience of it the truest understanding of it can only come from understanding christ and the gospel and right. we need to get that solid first if we're going to then try to love each other and then love this this fallen world that we're in. We have to understand what the correct definition is um, and understand the parameters of that definition. Yeah, absolutely. And again, one of the things John is dealing with throughout this, you know, just in verse one, he told us to test the spirits. And so, you know, even within the church, not not just in the culture of the fallen world, but the culture of the church where there is an immature expression of what it means to love, one of the things you find is the same thing you found in the false teachers. They they were saying things, but it was not true in their hearts. And so John is tying it back and saying, listen, it's not something that's rooted in you and of yourself. It's something that is true of who God is. Mm. Because it's not that God is about love. It's that God is love. 
And so yep. again, you know, as we're saying, you, you must get that true definition from God. So he is the source and the substance. And so you, you find that all throughout scripture. And I really wanted to just draw out for us that really we should um, have a deep desire to love one another, which means being conformed to the image of Christ. Um, that if we're to love like him, it means we need to know him. And so I really encouraged as an application for us to pray and say, God, conform me into the image of your son that I may love like him and forgive me when I've failed to love as you have commanded. Because uh, that's, that's the thing that John is really adamant about. Love is not a whimsical response. It's not some momentary romantic or friend-like feeling that's fleeting. John is saying love is, uh, the type of love we're talking about is commanded by God and is seen mm-hmm. in its full display in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And so out of that, that means, one, we need to be obeying God and his word. Mm. And then we need to not just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. We need to practically seek to love one another. Um, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that's exactly right. And I think it's so countercultural to the society that we live in. Right, and we live in such a consumeristic society where everything's about us. Everything's about uh, what what can I get out of it, right? And and the focus uh, culture encourages you to put your focus on yourself, right? Um, and as always, we see the standard of God being at odds with the culture. Uh, and I mean, in the ultimate sense, we see that in Christ, but that is we're called to replicate that in the local church, right? And we talk about, well, okay, how, how should I be loving? How, how does this, how does this look in my life? What does this look in my life? How do I apply this? Many ways. There are many ways that the love of Christ should be manifested in your life. But I I am convinced that one of the primary, one of the primary, not the, but one of the primary needs to be the local church. We cannot say that we have a love for God and a love for Christ and his gospel if we do not have love for the local church. I don't think we can, because you can't say that you love God but hate the ones that he died for. Right. Right? You can't say that you love God but despise the ones that God loved enough to give his son for. (laughs) Right? That doesn't make sense. Yeah. So we need to take extra care. I believe, especially in the culture that we live in that is just increasingly becoming more hostile to the gospel and and and, and going even harder in the paint of focus on yourself. We need to have a renewed dedication and commitment, I believe, to manifesting the love that we have from God to our people in the local church. And that looks a lot of different ways, right? Uh, for, for the congregants, it looks like being invested in each other's home. Right, uh, and 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 um, in each other's lives, that you're you're a part of each other's lives. You know how things are going. You're 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 there for each other. You're able to take the word of God and 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 encourage your brothers and sisters, and then convict your brothers and sisters. Right, and if your brother needs help with something, you know whether it be emotionally or spiritually or physically, right, we're there for each other, right? Because we can't just let the definition of love stay in some sort of. Uh, like like you know some sort of comes conceptual idea 
right? It has to actually be tangible. We have to actually have it has to have some sort of actual practical application, right? Well, right, yeah. If it, if I mean, honestly, if it if it stays at a vague place where each individual is seeking to define what love is and how love is then shown, it really mm-hmm. exposes in us that we are not seeking to mature according to the Word of God. Because yeah, there are some right. incredibly clear passages in the New Testament. Again, if you take 1 Corinthians 13 and you rip that out of the you know the Hollywood wedding scene and you put that in the local church, you realize that gets really specific really quick. And so whether it's a, you know, another brother who I'm very like-minded with and I easily get along with or the one that I'm not so like-minded with, still 1 Corinthians 13 is going to apply and other passages as well. Again, I think Hebrews 10 is a great example that our commitment on the Lord's Day, our presence, unless we're providentially hindered, I see no reason why why a Christian should not be present and that is, again, one area where we are to love one another. And so John's point here even is to say, listen, those who have Christ, who have life in him, um, who live through him, are those who are going to serve, they're going to give, they're going to confess their sin to one another, and they're going to they're going to give up their sin to follow after their Savior. They're going to love like him. And so out of that, really even one of the things we were reminded is that if we doubt or we lack understanding in how to love as Christians, what we need to do is look at God's love in the gospel. Um, These things have been written down, not just so that we would believe, but so that we would know these truths of how to apply um, what it means to love one another. And so, you know, again, you kind of have the picture in 1 John that you have the false teachers as the bad idea, and the Christians as the, the, the Christ-like idea. And so from that, again, it it's not only that it shouldn't, it's that it in a true Christian context, it cannot remain vague. Because if mm-hmm. it is, it means we're remaining in an idea apart from Christ. Right. Uh, and I want to offer some encouragement to some folks, too, who might find it in, in, in you know, different seasons of their life difficult to love practically, right? Because I think we all go through seasons where it's 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 harder to stay committed to the church than you know at at other times in our life, right? Uh, and I think I have found no greater motivation, and I think this is the way that it should be, right? We look at we look at what John appeals to in verse nine, right, where he says, "In this the love of God was made manifest among us." God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. There's no greater motivation to love your people than the love that Christ showed you. And a hard truth that I think I have had to come to grips with and still come to grips with is when I find myself not wanting to love someone, especially when they they themselves are not very lovable cuz let's be honest we all run into those types of people where you know it it's it's harder to love some people than others right we all have those people in our lives where they're easy to love uh, and then we all have those people in our lives that are it's very difficult right um but that still doesn't get us off the hook and i think that's something that we can often maybe give ourselves a little too much leash in is that 
it's important we realize if that motivation is not there, right? I'm not saying it can't, it's not, I'm not saying it has to be easy, right? Because sometimes it's not easy. But if I have no desire to love a fellow brother and sister in Christ, right? If I have no desire to, to, to share the truth of the gospel with the lost, right? As I look and see all of these people that I am surrounded with that need Jesus, and if I don't feel love in my heart toward them, but instead I feel resentment or, you know, anger that's not born of the Spirit, right? I'm forgetting the gospel. I'm forgetting the love that I have been given by Christ. I'm forgiving, I, I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting what Christ accomplished on that cross on my behalf. I'm forgetting the entirety of what Christianity is about, I'm forgetting Jesus. And that's something that I think if we were to think of this concept of loving one another in, I believe, more grandiose terms and and, 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 and a, a, a more biblical mindset that I'm trying to present here, I think we would often find ourselves without excuse. And I think that's a good place to be in. And... That provides the motivation then, even to that person that's very unlovable, right? Because it, re- because it reminds you, Christ didn't save you because you were lovable. God didn't save you because he saw something in you that he was like, oh, that's, I, that's what I need right there, right? We were all in the same boat, cursing and shaking our fist at our creator, but God, he loved us still. Even in the midst of that, he loved his creation, those that were born uh, through, you know, uh, born of him, right? And it's it's having that perspective, I think, that has helped me, especially as we're engaging in the culture that we're in, to I believe have a correct perspective. That there are definitely things that anger God. Sin, we should despise sin, right? But when it comes to interacting with the individual, it doesn't mean that you affirm them or that you accept the, you know, whatever sin they are committing, but you are called to love them because without the gospel of Jesus Christ and before the gospel of Jesus Christ, you were in the exact same spot. You were that person. Yeah. Right. And just making that correlation between if I don't feel like loving somebody, it means I'm forgetting Jesus and what he has done. I think that's a correct and biblical correlation to make. And it provides us, I think, with a good motivation for why we should be striving to love these people, right? And why we should be striving at, at the at the you know first and foremost to be loving our brothers and sisters in Christ, right? Um, just because we have been given so much from Jesus, to do anything else is to be forgetting and and honestly uh, blaspheming what He has given us. Yeah, you know. It's often been said about the book of First John that John is drawing upon the upper room discourse where Jesus is talking with his disciples. And in that, you know, in, in chapter 13, right after Jesus washes the disciples' feet, he then tells them, a new command I give you, that you are to love one another just as I have loved you. Um, and 
in this, he says, this is how they will know. This is how the world will know that you are my disciples, by the way in which you love one another. And so right there, Jesus even prioritizes this, this biblical love for the Christian by saying, listen, your primary community that is to be who you are loving is the church. But by that love, if you are genuinely loving according to God, who is love, and according to God's word, which instructs us of who God is, who we are, and how we should live, then that means you are you are also to be loving those outside the church. And so really, we can't, what's so important is we can't divorce Christ from his body. Um, again, when, when John says we are to walk in this way uh, in which Christ walked, we're instructed not to repeat everything Christ does. We see in Christ's ministry, there are many things as the God-man he does that we are not able to or not instructed to do. But we're to look at the way in which he loved and really see that this is God's love put on display for sinners like us. And so out of that, again, both remembering that God is the ultimate source and the church is the first community where we are to seek to to love, those two things right there give us really simple, as complex and as deep as we can make it, it gives us two simple instructions that we need to know God and we need to know those in our local church. We need to love God, and we need to love those in our local church, because that's how God's life-giving love is found in us and even in our practice. That's right, man. Yeah, and we do that by investing in our brothers and sisters, not not turning away, right? Being present on the Lord's Day, being present throughout the week, investing in each other's lives in, in all the ways that you can, right? And yeah. Utilize the gift of technology that we've been given to do that, right? Check yeah. in on your brothers and sisters. Be in yeah. each other's homes. Uh, you know, be 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 constantly seeking greater and and deeper ways to be integrated in each other's lives, right? And quit um, saying that you're going to love on one another. That is such oh, a please. weird term. It's so gross. I, I don't br- even know what that means. <laughs> well, yeah. I brought up I brought up in my exposition that. One of the ways in which that gets used in like the evangelical world is more commonly used by cults to really mean like it's it's a period of indoctrination. And mm. so first we're going to be all loving to an excessive um, fabricated way. And then when the person feels comfortable and acclimated and involved, then we're going to start to indoctrinate them into our beliefs. You see that in groups like Bethel. Yeah, don't do that. You see that with the Jehovah Witnesses and groups like yeah. that. And so, quit quit using that term. Yeah, I, it's either that or you're or or you're from the South, right? It's either that or you're from the South, and that's, it's oh, we're gonna love on you. That's Bless still no heart, better, right? <laughs> well, at least at least there's an excuse there, though, is what I'm saying. Like you know, there's Colts, and then there's the South. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> that's, <laughs> New sticker idea. There's Colts, oh, and then there's the South, and then there's the South. Oh my goodness! Any it, look, Southern friends, I, I apologize. We love you guys, but we don't want you to love on us. Yeah, we love you, but we're not going to love on you. 
and we would appreciate if you uh, would refrain from doing that as well. Exactly. One way that you can show your love, however, is by uh, sending us questions and interacting with us on the socials. I'm staring at da- David. Are you okay? What's going on yeah, right now? There's I'm like trying a, to close the. Whew, there's a bee in my office. <laughs> oh, okay. I, was I wasn't like, going to say I'm anything. Tr- I was about to die. We're okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm trying to do the outro and I see David freaking out here. I took my like, flip flop off and I literally yeah. hit it against the wall. Then nice. it came up with a vengeance. Oh, it was like, oh, no. You zipped ain't around this. my face and then back out. Man. Well, I'm that alive. I wanted to love on you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow us on all the socials uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Practicapod. You can head on over to practicapod.com as well. We appreciate hearing from you guys. We appreciate the likes. We appreciate the ratings. If you're on Apple, uh, give us a little uh, give us a little review. Give us a little five star. It helps get the podcast out to more people um, and encourage others to, you know, um, practically listen to the sermons practically live out the word of god that's that's what we try to encourage here so we thank you guys for listening we will catch you on the next episode of the practical podcast have a good week